I couldn't believe people walking on the tracks when there's a train coming. A man is struck by a train in White Rock trying to get his dog off the tracks. Plus... This is a way that doesn't cost the government anything. And the push to get ICBC discounts for drivers who do one simple thing. And... Everybody needs to be equal, man. That's all it is. The Vancouver Pride Parade celebrating inclusion, but not everyone is included. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. So the warning signs are everywhere to stay away from the train tracks along the busy White Rock waterfront. But it appears many people don't heed those warnings. And today, a man with a dog was nearly killed by a freight train. Julia Foy has our top story. As the temperature soared, thousands of people flocked to the east end of White Rock Beach, where you're allowed to bring your dogs for the day. But for one man, a last-minute decision to save his dog from an oncoming train almost cost him his life. I couldn't believe people walking on the tracks when there's a train coming. And then this thing, I've seen the dog getting pushed off one side and him going down the other side, getting clipped by the front of the train. Emergency crews got the call around 1 p.m., Fortunately, there were some police and firefighters close because of the White Rock Sea Festival. I saw a dog run through the bush and I heard a bunch of people screaming and the train had stopped. I thought, oh geez, someone just got hit because you could see that they were like looking underneath the tracks trying to see, uh, t yelling at the guy not to move, don't move, stay there uh, as he was brushed off to the side. His body was thrown over here into the side by the bushes. The witness came down, he said the man was conscious, he was talking, but he was in pain. He put a blanket around him and he tried to comfort him until emergency services arrived. It was blowing his horn and then it and just stopped. And then there's stopped. an ambulance there and it, um, there was a fire truck and we might have thought that somebody got hit. Two ambulances were dispatched and the man was taken to hospital in serious condition. Witnesses report he had shoulder and head injuries. The train was stopped for over three hours as the BNSF Railway investigates the accident. Beachgoers say they're relieved the man wasn't killed, but they question how the incident could have happened at all. Stay off the tracks. Pay attention to what's going on when you're on railroad tracks. That's all I can tell you. Julia Foy, Global News. Friday's brazen gangland slang of a hell's angel in South Surrey has some debating if a municipal police force would have led to the same outcome. 43-year-old Suminder Greywall was shot and killed while waiting in the drive through at the South Point Exchange Mall on 152nd Street. Two suspects were arrested soon after when their vehicle blew a tire a short distance away. 20-year-old Calvin Jr. Powery Hooker and 21-year-old Nathan DeJong are now charged with first-degree murder. Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum is advocating for an end to the RCMP contract and the creation of a municipal force in the city. Had this been a, you know, a municipal police force, um, you know, it really depends on the resourcing at the time. I can tell by, in my studies of the report so far, you actually probably would have had less police officers on the road um, uh, based on the model that I saw in that report compared to uh, what we have here today. Mayor McCallum has been unavailable for comment this weekend. Well, a shift on day 13 in the manhunt for two B.C. teen murder suspects in northern Manitoba. As Tanya Beja reports, the RCMP took to the water outside Gillam, looking for any sign of Briar Schmigelski and Cam McLeod after a discovery on Friday. 
Members of the RCMP underwater recovery team gear up for the next step in their manhunt. The dive crew exploring the Nelson River for any sign of two BC murder suspects. The search is focused on an area 70 kilometers north of Gillam, Manitoba, after a helicopter spotted a rowboat along the shore Friday afternoon. The aluminum vessel appeared to be damaged by the rapids, but it's unclear whether the boat is connected to Briar Schmigelski and Cam McLeod. The two are wanted in the deaths of American China Deese and her Australian boyfriend Lucas Fowler, whose bodies were discovered on the side of the Alaska Highway on July 15th. Four days later, police also found the body of UBC professor Leonard Dick near Dees Lake. Schmigelski and McLeod are charged with second-degree murder in his death. Police searched railways and trains, knocked on doors and searched from the air after a confirmed sighting of the pair in Gillam on July 22nd. But the suspects have not been seen since. Last week, a tip that led police south to York Landing proved fruitless. Now RCMP concentrating their efforts on the water and along the riverbanks as the manhunt continues. Tanya Beja, Global News. Transit police are reminding the public not to bring weapons, real or fake, on board. Constable Shiraz Hanif tweeting this photo early this morning with the message, poor judgment call to bring onto public transit concealed in a jacket. The toy crossbow was seized from a man at Brentwood Station at around 6 o'clock last night. Two SkyTrain passengers spotted the replica weapon slipping out of the man's jacket as they rode from low heat. They reported it to police. The man told police he bought the item at a thrift store and he was taking it home. He was warned it was not a good idea as the public may report it as the real thing. Well, it's a popular tool that's increasingly being used to help determine fault in collisions. Now, a BC man is pushing to see drivers who equip their vehicles with dash cams rewarded with insurance breaks. Kristen Robinson explains how it would work and what ICBC is saying about the idea. From being cut off on his bike or caught in the middle of terrible turns and reverse traffic moves behind the wheel. It's these close calls that prompted Tristan Calvo to invest in a dash cam. It's dangerous to go out on the road a lot of times. People are blowing red lights, stop signs. Calvo has recorded it all. Wow, that's not a stop sign. He's pushing for BC to consider dash cam discounts, a program which would see motorists hand over dash cam or helmet cam footage of bad driving behavior. <laughs> offenders punished and reporting drivers rewarded when they renew their insurance. This is a way that doesn't cost the government anything. And when something does something wrong, you initiate it, you send it in, and you get a reward for it. The person that did something wrong gets penalized for it. A year ago, another driver's dash cam captured Calvo's wife riding in a marked bike lane before she was almost run over by a tanker truck. ICBC says bring on the video evidence, but don't expect to get a break on your insurance for it. We understand the value and the importance of it, but at the same time, it doesn't reduce your chances of getting into a crash or a car, having your car stolen. Calvo wrote the B.C. government with his idea. A response from the Public Safety Ministry says it's focusing on installing 35 speed-activated cameras at high-crash intersections. Quote, the objective is to change behaviors leading to a reduction in the frequency and severity of collisions. And if more people start talking about it, then maybe it's something that will come to fruition uh, sooner than later. Calvo says he'll continue sharing his dash cam videos online to keep the conversation going. 
Kristen Robinson, Global News. And a reminder to obey the speed limit. Burnaby RCMP posting this photo to social media. An SUV impounded this morning. Its driver allegedly doing 112 kilometers an hour in a 50K zone. Traffic enforcement officers handed the driver a $368 ticket. The vehicle was also towed and impounded for seven days. It's been a busy weekend for search and rescue volunteers across the Okanagan Valley responding to emergencies in the backcountry. As Shelby Tom reports, safety educators are taking their message to the mountains, trying to prevent another tragedy. Two rescues in the span of 12 hours for Central Okanagan search and rescue volunteers. At 5.30 a.m. Friday, a missing hiker was located in the Smith Creek area of West Kelowna before an injured mountain biker was extracted from the KVR. The August long weekend, one of the busiest of the year for rescue operations. The number of calls just skyrockets on long weekends. We work with search and rescue prevention. Outreach educators with Adventure Smart, an outdoor public safety organization, increasing awareness at the Smith Creek Trail system on Sunday. Trip plan by telling someone where you're going, as well as what they plan on doing, and as well where, when they plan on coming back. Taking risks can lead to catastrophic consequences. Edmonton school principal Dave Kalauchuk died after police say he ventured off a marked trail and fell from the edge of a gorge near the Sycamus Creek Falls last week. It happened just three months after another man fell to his death in the same area. I would highly recommend that people stick to the trails as opposed to venturing off the trails. The loss of life heartbreaking for these educators who work to prevent such tragedies. It's so unfortunate when we hear about these things um, and with respect to what the family has to go through, we want to educate people more. Safety top of mind this long weekend for these backcountry enthusiasts. I wear a helmet, you know, let people know where I'm going. I uh, ride within my own limits. Every time you're going into the backcountry, you got to let somebody know where you're going how long you're going to be gone, when they should be sending a search party out for you. Shelby Tom, Global News. Thousands gathered in Vancouver's West End today for the annual show of support for our LGBTQ2 plus community. But as Grace Key reports, this year's Pride Parade was a little less inclusive, with the Pride Society singling out two groups over what many describe as freedom of speech issues. <laughs> Fifty years ago and still fighting. That's the theme of this year's Vancouver Pride Parade. It was 50 years ago when homosexual acts between men was decriminalized. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau spoke about the need to show the community support while making sure to point out who was absent at the event. I am so glad to be here today uh, to send that message to people right around the country that it's not okay to discriminate against, to, against uh, marginalized people, that we have to stand with the trans community. And I really wish Andrew Shear were here today to pass that message. Also absent this year, the Vancouver Public Library and the University of British Columbia were banned from participating. One activist hosted an event at UBC speaking out against the province's sexual orientation and gender identity curriculum. And a controversial feminist who spoke on transgender issues rented space at the library. The Prime Minister commented on the controversy. 
And I think it's really important that uh, the Pride community has the right to invite and include organizations that it feels are allies. Uh, I know that uh, the goal of including everyone is really important, but it's also really important to take strong stands against uh, intolerance. Lisa Ebenol from Aldergrove knows all about intolerance after some neighbors complained about the rainbow flag she put up at her house. But then more than a dozen other neighbors stood by her, putting up similar flags. Her story got her a special invitation to the parade. This is an amazing opportunity and I'm just going to go there and have a good time and enjoy all the positive, positive vibes that are going to be there. Make some noise everybody, happy Pride 2019! That's exactly what thousands of others came out for, to celebrate and show their support. Everybody needs to be equal, man. That's all it is. It's so great and fun, and I love pride. It's to be represented and to know that we're represented and that there are people out here who just want to be happy and live their lives to their fullest. Grace Key, Global News. Last night, Team Croatia gave Canada and India a run for their money in the finale of this year's Celebration of Light. Movie soundtracks, the theme of last night's pyrotechnic display. More than 177,000 people crowded onto beaches around English Bay to catch the show. Other than a drone being deployed, Vancouver police say most people were pretty well behaved. This year's winner will be announced in the coming days. And then there's this, the cleanup after last night's crowds cleared the downtown core. City sanitation crews moved in, clearing out all the garbage those crowds left behind on the beaches and surrounding streets. 48 workers, nearly the entire city crew, worked through the night to make sure all the streets were cleared and ready, particularly ahead of this afternoon's Pride Parade through the West End. It's big. This is this is the biggest event of the year for us. This is kind of the peak and then uh, kind of pitters off back to business as usual after this. But this is a busy night and it's all hands on deck and uh, everybody's going to be sweating to get it done. Far from the crowds, a former BC Olympian is sharing video of her orca encounter off Vancouver Island. They looked like they were almost brushing themselves against the dock. It was just wild. My goodness, talk about close to home. Silken Lauman's 19-year-old daughter captured a pod of orcas passing by the end of their dock in Brentwood Bay on Saturday. Lauman says the orcas, including what she believes were two babies, were so close, they almost, as you heard, rubbed against the dock in Henderson Point. Her family has noticed killer whales coming into the bay more frequently this year. Two U.S. cities are grief-stricken tonight following two mass shootings in a 13-hour period. Combined, they've claimed at least 29 lives and wounded more than 50. The first shots fired in a packed Walmart in El Paso, Texas, followed by more rapid gunfire in Dayton, Ohio, overnight. Panic screams and blast of unrelenting gunfire still echoing across the country tonight after a weekend of terror that began in Texas. There's not words you can place to say something like that. You know, you have to see it for yourself. An El Paso Walmart, now a killing field. At least 20 murdered, more than two dozen wounded. A similar, horrific scene playing out just hours later, more than 1,500 miles away. 
People just started running. They started pushing us out the back door into the alley out the back because they didn't want us coming out the front because they didn't know where the shooter was or how many there was. It was a lone gunman, identified as 24-year-old Connor Betts, wrapped in body armor, walking through the entertainment district in Dayton, Ohio, firing seemingly at random, killing Knight, including his younger sister, before he was gunned down by police. Why? We do not have that answer at this time. Investigators also still trying to piece together a motive in El Paso. We are also treating this as a domestic terrorist case. The suspect, 21-year-old Patrick Crucius, was captured by responding officers after the attack. He was uh, forthcoming with information. Uh, he uh, basically didn't hold anything back. Crucius also apparently shared his thoughts and intentions online in a hate-filled anti-immigrant, anti-government rant posted less than an hour before the killing spree. How and why are important, but for most. Let's stay strong, Dayton. In Ohio and Texas, the focus is on those lost and their grieving communities. It's torn the fabric of this community, but it will be repaired, and it will not define us. Even if others fear, it defines the anger and violence so prevalent across our country right now. Jay Gray, NBC News, El Paso. These shootings are reigniting the debate over guns, immigration, and race in America, with Democrats in particular pointing the finger of blame at the commander-in-chief. I want to extend our condolences. As he returned to the White House, President Trump expressed his solidarity with El Paso and Dayton, condemning what he called senseless attacks. I just want to say that these are two incredible places. We love the people. Hate has no place in our country. But many of his 2020 rivals laid the blame squarely at the president's feet, even labeling him a white nationalist. The president not only tolerates but invites the kind of racism and hatred that, that not only offends us, but, but changes who we are as a country. He's spoken about immigrants as being uh, invaders. He's given a license for this toxic brew of white supremacy. The president's acting chief of staff argued no politician is to blame, while the president said there are other factors. This is also a mental illness problem. If you look at both of these cases, this is mental illness. With lawmakers out on August recess, some are demanding that Congress return immediately to take up gun legislation. Show the country, for gosh sakes, that, that, the, that the people representing them in Washington don't always kowtow to the gun lobby. The president said he's spoken to members of Congress as well as the attorney general about what can be done and plans to make another statement about the shootings Monday. Nicole Killian, CBS News, Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. Iran says it has seized another foreign tanker in the Persian Gulf. Iranian forces have taken a ship suspected of carrying smuggled fuel. State media reports that seven crew members were detained and the ship was carrying 700,000 liters of fuel. This report comes weeks after Iran seized a British oil tanker in the Strait of Hormuz. In northeast England, people living in 22 households are refusing to leave their homes despite being warned a damaged dam could burst at any moment. Crews are working around the clock to repair the partially collapsed wall of the Wally Bridge Dam and pump water out of the reservoir. Thunderstorms are threatening restoration efforts. Some 1,500 people have already been evacuated from their homes, but police say 31 people are putting their lives and those of emergency services at risk by not leaving. 
A teenager is under arrest in London, a suspect in the attempted murder of a six-year-old boy. Police say the boy was thrown off the 10th floor of the Tate Modern Museum today. The child landed on the fifth, fifth floor roof and is in critical condition. Police say there is nothing to suggest the two boys knew each other. Experts have begun restoration work on the gold-plated coffin of Tutankhamun. This is the first time the sarcophagus will be restored since the tomb's original discovery in 1922 by British archaeologist Howard Carter. The restoration process is expected to last eight months. The coffin and treasured collection of Tutankhamun's tomb are expected to be the centerpieces of the new Grand Egyptian Museum expected to open next year. And check out this attempted getaway after a car is beached in California. Los Angeles police chased this suspect driving in an alleged stolen car onto the sandy shores of Playa del Rey. The driver sped down the coast near the water until it became lodged in soft sand. He jumped out and staggered into the ocean. Officers eventually wrestled him out of the water and arrested him. Well, to a slightly different beach scene now, the annual run that's definitely not for the shy and retiring. And a warning, this does feature some brief nudity. We kept the shots wide. The 22nd annual Wreck Beach Bear Buns Run took place under the hot sun this afternoon. Participants paying to streak down a 5K stretch of the clothing optional beach with proceeds going to the Wreck Beach Preservation Society. Yeah, you're going to come back next year? Oh yeah, definitely. PB? It's always fun. Do you know what your time was like? I don't know what my time was, but I felt good. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. I got to experience it naked on the best beach in Vancouver with a bunch of supportive, amazing people. And it's probably the only race I'll ever participate in again. We have some breaking news. The federal court has temporarily halted the release of an alleged online ISIS supporter while it reviews a decision ordering him to be freed to a small B.C. town. 37-year-old Jordanian citizen Othman Handman has been declared a danger to Canada's security over online posts that encouraged lone wolf attacks. The Immigration and Refugee Board ruled Friday that Handman could live in Enderby with a friend who agreed to post a $2,000 bond. The Canada Border Services Agency asked the court to delay freeing Hanman so it could appeal the ruling. The court was satisfied that the circumstances warrant issuing an urgent interim stay. Hanman will remain in custody until a hearing is held. A welcome homecoming for the family and crew of HMCS Toronto today, especially for one sailor. We're going to have that story right after Yvonne's forecast. And Yvonne, we should be looking to the night sky tonight. Absolutely. The best meteor meteor shower of the year is occurring and I'll have more details in just a moment, but the conditions are going to be fantastic. We've got dry conditions and it is going to be very clear, especially as we get in towards the next few uh, evenings and overnight. Here's a beautiful shot overlooking the North Shore Mountain. Temperatures have been on the rise today. Highs are current temperature sitting at 23 degrees with the northwesterly wind at 17 kilometers per hour and our high today up to 24 degrees with the humidex though many spots away from the water 
feeling closer to 36 degrees, so it was a hot one. And we may see similar numbers for tomorrow. Areas away today, Coquitlam, Pitt Meadows getting up to 30 degrees. Chilliwack and Cultus Lake up to 34 degrees. It was hot in the interior and even stretching into the northeastern corners with the piece today climbing up to 28 degrees. One area across the province, it's the northeastern corners where we are still seeing that instability. We'll see the risk of thunderstorms early this evening and then it is going to dissipate and hot conditions are going to continue over the next few days. Here's the details. So the peak of the meteor shower is between, or the peak rather, is mid-August, but you'll be able to catch it within the next few days. The best time to view it is in the early morning hours, so 2 a.m. to about dawn. Dark location is recommended, and you got to keep your eyes to the sky because they travel at roughly 60 kilometers per hour. You'll be able to catch this over the next little while, so if you've got an evening free, get out there, or especially during the early morning hours, and check out the meteor shower. Here's what we're tracking, the upper-level chart, the ridge of high pressure that is in place. Temperatures are going to continue to soar. Some of the hottest days will be Monday, Tuesday across the south coast. The interior will be Wednesday, Thursday, the peak of the heat, with temperatures into the mid and upper 30s. With the Humidex, it's going to be hot along coastal sections, and it will remain dry all the way in towards the end of the week. The heat warning that is in effect, the north and central coast, it's inland areas, we'll see highs reaching or exceeding 28 degrees, and overnight lows will be at 13. We've got extreme heat for the next two days, and then temperatures will start to ease on Wednesday and Thursday for the northern half. And here's a sample of some of the temperatures with the trends. So Monday, Tuesday, hot across the north and central coast. Metro Vancouver seeing the peak of it by Tuesday. And for the interior, for example, Kelowna will see the peak on Wednesday, Thursday. So hot across the province. Be prepared. Coastal sections tomorrow will be at 19 degrees. Risk of a thunderstorm will be for the northeastern corners. Highs into the low 20s. Hot across the central and southern half of the province. We will once again see the peak Wednesday, Thursday. The Kamloops tomorrow still getting up to around 35 degrees. And inland for the island will be into the 30s. Victoria tomorrow up to 26 degrees in our five-day forecast. It is summer-like. Another hot one tomorrow. The Humidex making it feel into the low 30s. Tuesday a hot one and then a few clouds in the mix, but still dry for a Thursday, Friday. Colleen? All right. Thanks so much, Yvonne. For the past six months, the crew of HMCS Toronto, a Halifax-based frigate, was overseas on a NATO mission through the Adriatic, the Mediterranean, and Black Seas. This morning, their loved ones lined the dock at CFB Halifax to welcome them home. And as Alexa McLean tells us, the first sailor off the ship had a surprise no one was expecting. Jack! It's been half a year since these family members and friends have seen the ones they love. The sailors and aircrew of HMCS Toronto departed for the Mediterranean in much different weather. We sailed on the 19th of uh, January and came back today. Uh, we visited uh, nine countries. We've engaged with over 13 nations to complete Operation Reassurance. Uh, the mission was to reassure our allies of Canada's commitment of safety and security in Eastern Europe. Welcome home, Adam. While the crew was focused on their mission overseas, those they left behind were beaming with pride as Her Majesty's Canadian ship returned to her home port. Oh my gosh, it's just such a celebratory mood here. I think there's just so much excitement in the air. You can really feel it, especially with the little ones. They're so excited to see their moms and dads after six months. Just seeing that ship pulling in is just the best feeling. A common practice on all returning ships is to have a draw on board, where the lucky winner gets to be the first to disembark and embrace their partner. 
This deployment's winner was leading seaman Nathan Durrett, who greeted his partner, Alexandra Levesque, with a surprise she wasn't expecting. I almost passed out. <laughs> like, it's... Oh my god, yeah. I don't even know what to say. I told her probably be about a year after I get back. We'll see. We'll go out, select some rings, maybe get a ring size, but I want to surprise her now. So Yes, it's hard, but at the same time, once he's home, everything's worth it. Just stay, stick to it, stay strong, communicate, love, just encourage yourself. A happy ending to a naval deployment many Maritimers can relate to. Alexa McLean, Global News, Halifax. Oh boy, as, a, as the daughter of a, um, a naval member, I remember being on the dock with my mom and my brother waiting for my dad to come home and it's a feeling like nothing else. It's, it's so very cool. special. Yeah, yeah. Lovely story. Mm -hmm. Lovely story. So nice to see you. Yep. Nice cool. to see you. I can't top uh, the fuzzy, uh, warm fuzzies <laughs> of that at no? all. Uh, we got uh, not exactly the most riveting uh, Sunday in the world of sports. We got some stuff. We got some golf. Check in on uh, the BC boys as they try to qualify for the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs and the PGA Tour. A great story. Kind of a warm and fuzzy in the LPGA with uh, this young Japanese player who won the British Open. I'll have that as well. And, hey, the Whitecaps won. I know it was last night, but a win's a win. We're going to show it again because, you know, we have to take advantage of this. Milk it. You milk, exactly. Milk it. Milk it for all it's worth. We milk the losses, which they probably don't like, so we'll, we'll give them credit when they win. Okay, you want to have a look at this. A French inventor has accomplished a pretty incredible feat. Wow. Frankie Zapata is the first person to cross the English Channel on a jet-powered hoverboard that he designed. He soared over the Strait of Dover in just 20 minutes. In an earlier attempt nearly 10 days ago, Zapata failed to cross and fell into the water. His device, a gas turbine flyboard, is fueled by five small jets and can fly up to 177 kilometers per hour. And Harry, he said his thighs were getting sore by the that'd time you got a, to the yeah, other side. That'd be a burn if you've skied and yes. you go for like 12 seconds and that hurts. So I can imagine minutes. it would be, yeah, it's a little stiff. But, uh, how would you practice that? I don't know. You know? I don't know. Always wonder you get about one that. shot. You do. <laughs> <laughs> the landing is never soft. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Colleen. Uh, let's talk a little golf here. Surrey's Adam Svensson uh, had to go very low today to have any chance of getting into the FedEx Cup playoffs, which begin next week. Svensson needed to either win or play second at the Wyndham Championship to get into the top 125, which would also secure his PGA Tour card for next season. Anything less than that, and Adam would have to enter the uh, Corn Ferry Tour playoffs, formerly known as the Web.com Tour, and finish in the top 25 there to get PGA Tour privileges next season. So, so much on the line for so many players. Final tournament of the regular schedule in the PGA Tour. Svensson didn't get off to a good start. Bogeyed his first, then at second for birdie. Can't get it to go. One under 69, finished tied 31st at minus 12. He's 167th, so he will have to go to the Corn Ferry playoffs. Finish top 25 over there to get back to the PGA Tour next season. Now, fellow Canadian Mackenzie Hughes, 
will play in the playoffs, looking to make a run at the top today. Nice birdie putt on the third for Hughes. Got it to minus 16 at one point, but faltered on the back. Finished tied 23rd. But Hughes, Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, and Roger Sloan, the five Canadians who've qualified for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Sloan, by the way, tied 39th today. Rory Sabatini with the shot of the day on 18 from 67 feet. You know how this is going to end. One of the great putts of the season. Sabatini's had a pretty good year. 36th in the FedEx Cup standings. Finished tied for 6th today. 26-year-old JT Poston from North Carolina. This tournament being played in Greensboro, North Carolina. Great shot at 13. Led to a kick-in birdie. He posted 22-under in the lead. South Korean Ben Ahn, who led after 54 holes, fell behind. But this birdie at 16. Got him back to within one, so it comes down to the 18th hole. On needs birdie, but he is 58 feet away. He's got to give this a good go. Short won't cut it. Right on line, but just skids past. So JT Poston gets his first ever PGA Tour victory, taking the Wyndham Championships. The FedEx Cup playoffs begin next week with the Northern Trust from Liberty National in New Jersey. Women's British Open from England and 20-year-old Hanako Shibuno of Japan had the 54-hole lead. She's never played a pro tournament ever outside Japan, but everyone knows her now. Shaky start, made a double bogey early, fell out of the lead, but then really caught fire on the back nine. Birdies at the 10th. But American Lizette Salas also on fire. This birdie got her to 16 under and a two-shot lead. But Shibuno kept up her pursuit. She birdied the 12th. And then at 13, this is a nice approach from about 153 yards to about six feet. And she would make that birdie. So she was within one. And she would eventually tie Salas for the lead. So she had a chance for the victory at the 18th. And this is what you call a flare for the dramatics. The 20-year-old will knock it in with confidence. And Hanako Shibuno stuns the golfing world, winning the Women's British Open. Fans really fell in love with her smile, called her Cinderella. Well, that slipper certainly fit today. She's a major champion. Canada's Brooke Henderson finished tied for 41st. Some tennis now. The City Open from Washington, D.C. Australian Nick Kyrgios in the final against Russian Daniel Medvedev. Kyrgios knocked off top seed Stefanos Tsitsipa yesterday and the enigmatic Aussie in good form right now. Won the first set and then some razzle-dazzle here in the second between the leg shot. He is at his best when he's freestyling and the crowd really gets into it. More from Kyrgios later on. An incredible ability and agility here to get the stretch backhand volley winner. Check out the angle here. Beautiful shot by Kyrgios. Second set also went to a tie break. And on match point... Kyrgios picks out a random fan in the crowd to ask them where he should serve this one. Down the line, up the middle. He did that the last couple of matches and it worked. And guess what? It worked again as he bangs the ace. He wins his sixth ATP tournament, moves up to 27th in the world rankings, then goes over to thank that fan who gave him the service advice. The Rogers Cup starts tomorrow in Montreal for the men. Kyrgios will be there. The Rogers Cup women's tournament is in Toronto. Welcome back with the playoffs and any sort of trophies out of reach. The Whitecaps need to start building for next season. Judging by what we've seen so far this year, there will be a lot more changes coming. But for the ones who do stay, 
it's important to start laying some sort of foundation. Now, beating the last place team in the league isn't much to crow about, but you got to start somewhere. And the Whitecaps did just that last night, rallying for a 2-1 win in Cincinnati to get their first victory in 10 weeks. The Caps were tied late in the match, but then found some magic. Russell Tybert, who's never short on effort, with great determination to find Felipe, who scores his first of the year. The Caps celebrate. It's been a long time coming. 2-1, the final. First victory since May 25th. Just their fifth MLS win of the season in game number 25. They remain second last in the West. Visit Portland next Saturday. The annual curtain raiser for the Premier League season, the Community Shield between Liverpool and Manchester City at Wembley. Man City led 1-0 at the half, but in the 77th, Liverpool equalized. Joel Matip heads it in to tie it up 1-1. And it looked like we'd be heading to penalties, but uh, Liverpool with a great chance in stoppage time. Mo Salah looking to have won it for Liverpool, heads it into the empty goal, but an incredible play by Kyle Walker to scissor kick the ball away to safety. So they do go to penalties. Liverpool missed one early, so Salah has to score here to keep Liverpool alive. And he will smash it in. So Liverpool's... Still alive, but Gabriel Jesus for the win, and he delivers. Man City win the Community Shield 5-4 on penalties over Liverpool. EPL season begins this Friday with Liverpool taking on Norwich City. Back to MLS, Wayne Rooney and D.C. United hosting Philadelphia. D.C. United visit B.C. Place in a couple of weeks. Philadelphia second in the East. They're a good squad. They strike early three minutes in. Alejandro Bedoya off the post and in, and it's 1-0 Union. D.C. United went down to 10 men after a red card and the Union take advantage in first half stoppage time. Marco Fabian will finish with conviction. 2-0 Philadelphia at the half and they keep on coming in the second half. Casper Shabilko will get his 10th of the year. 3-0 Philadelphia. They go on to win at 5-1. The Union now first in the East as they pass Atlanta. Baseball today, Blue Jays and Orioles finishing up their series in Baltimore. Jays were down 6-2, but then the kids get going. Bo Bichette just called up a few days ago with his second career Major League home run, makes it 6-3. And then Kevin Biggio is going to homer to right as well, his ninth. Jays got to within one at 6-5, and in the ninth, they had runners on second and third, two outs, so a chance to tie or take the lead, but Teoscar Hernandez strikes out to end the ball game, and Toronto falls 6-5 to Baltimore. Formula One, it's the Hungarian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen starting on the pole for Red Bull, came down to pit strategy in this one. Lewis Hamilton opting for a second pit to get fresh tires, and it paid off. Reeled in Verstappen, who at one point had a 20-second lead over Hamilton. Hamilton got him with just three laps to go, and Verstappen just couldn't hold off the hard-charging Mercedes as Hamilton takes his 81st Formula One checkered flag, has a 62-point lead in the driver's standings. Verstappen finished second, Sebastian Vettel third, Montreal's Lance Stroll was 17th. And we'll finish with some summer X Games from Minneapolis, Minnesota. The dudes doing the uh, men's BMX park best trick. It's 22-year-old Mike Varga of Whitby, Ontario showing his stuff. 
with uh, some wild tricks there, wins his first ever X Games medal, and it's the gold medal, so congrats to him. And that's sports. All right, thanks so much, Barry. We have some breaking news now. We are getting word of a fatal accident in Squamish. It happened late this morning on the Squamish Chief in an area known as Zodiac Wall. Sources tell Global News a climber fell from an unknown height and did not survive. We have not been told the person's age, gender, or hometown. We'll have more when we come back. Some young kids enjoyed the ride of their lives today as the hottest cars in the Okanagan Valley took to the open road. Jules Knox was there. Three years ago, Carter Mullaney was diagnosed with lymphoma and spent about a year and a half in the hospital. But today, he's catching the ride of his dreams. It's a Ferrari 488 Italia. And Carter is the co-pilot for the cruise from Kelowna to Penticton. This part about today is probably seeing all the cool cars and getting to know your driver. More than 200 exotic sports and luxury cars revving their engines. In support of children that have battled for their life and for parents that have had to endure it. The event raising money for children's charities like Joanna's House and the Ronald McDonald House. We got to ride in um, Lamborghinis and Ferraris and McLarens and Porsches. It was pretty fun. We've got really special kids who are battling really terrible circumstances and they need motivation and inspiration to keep on battling and show them that you can really achieve anything you want in this world. The energy is incredible. Uh, I feel like a little kid. Every time somebody fires up a McLaren, a Ferrari, a, a Porsche, my blood just boils and I'm raring to go. But it's the smile on the kid's face that really make this day worthwhile. The start signaled by a salute from the Royal Canadian Air Force. We're basically driving fighter jets and then have jets flying over us at the same time. That's as cool as it gets. I love this. This would be my dream come true. As for Carter, he says it helps with the healing. It's uh, It really helps the recovery. It's, it, makes, it makes you feel so much better. And nothing shows that more than the big smiles rolling past the start. <laughs> Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. What fun. That's a great event. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our colleagues who weren't in the studio today, and we hope that they aren't too sunburnt after celebrating at the Pride Parade today. If you look closely, you can find Michael Newman, Andrua, Jay Durant, Sophie Louie, and Paul Hasem passing out party favors and dancing on the Global News Pride float. They were, of course, joined by our friends from our sister stations, AM730, CKNW, CFOX, Team, and Rock 101. They're so <laughs> so beautiful day for it. It was fantastic. It was great, I'm sure, for everybody who was out there. And yes, you needed the sunscreen and mm. you needed to stay hydrated. It'll be very similar with your final look at your five-day forecast. So for a BC day, highs tomorrow up to 30 degrees away from the water with the Humidex, though. It's going to be another hot one. That bleeds into our Tuesday and then a touch cooler as we get in towards our Wednesday. All right, Jordan has your latest news tonight at 11 and on BC1. We leave you with more from Team Croatia wrapping up this year's Celebration of Life.